Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's show. And my name is Nick Freyd, bringing you a show about comparison. And I know that is not everybody's favorite topic, but I'm really excited to talk about this today because comparison is something that I feel is really pervasive in today's society. And it's really causing really a lot of negative thoughts, a lot of negative feelings. And I mean, I've seen people fall apart because they're comparing. And so Hopefully what we'll do today is talk a little bit about comparison and really give you guys some ways that maybe you can kind of identify that you're doing it because we don't always realize that we are comparing ourselves to someone else. And then also some ways that you can, if you are comparing yourself, really move forward from that and just be happy, you know, and just enjoy who you are. I'm going to talk about identity today. We're going to talk about a couple other things, but comparison, I feel like has gotten so much worse because of social media and there's so much that we can see of what other people are doing. It's in our face. We have TV, we have Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, Snapchat. I mean, you name it. And there's a way that you can go somewhere online or even in your, we're going to talk about how you can compare yourself to people who are in your neighborhood or, you know, in real life. But especially with social media and especially with so many things that are bringing us other people's highlights that it's making a lot of people feel less than. And so comparison, I mean, there's tons of stuff online. If you guys want to go Google some things, I was looking up a couple quotes and some things to share with you guys. And I found two that I want to share with you. And here's what I want to say before we really jump into this is I definitely struggled with comparison a lot. And I still, I still compare myself because I think it's human nature. You know, I don't think it's necessarily something that you can completely get rid of from yourself. You know, you see yourself one way and you're going to meet some other people or see some things going on in the world. And so, you know, one of the natural things that we do is we compare, you know, um, as a personal trainer, you know, which is a huge part of my background, it's easy to look at someone who is fit or unfit and then compare yourself to them. And, you know, you might say you're better or you're worse, but it's just, it's kind of an immediate reaction. And so hopefully what we'll do today is talk about how even if you have that comparison reaction, you have the choice where you can let it affect you positively or negatively or not really affect you at all. And so um, I hope you guys get something out of today. Again, we always want to leave you with something that you can do and take action today on something that can improve your life and, and move you forward to what you're really called to do and called to be. So comparison. If you guys don't follow Stephen Furtick, just go Google him. He has a ton of great content online. But one of the things he says about comparison is that the reason why we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. And I love that because clearly that's what we see. I mean, you go on to social media, you go on and even just you hear about your friends and ask them, hey, what's new? What's going on? Well, what are they going to say? And they're not going to say, oh my gosh, I had such a horrible week. Here's all the behind the scenes junk that I'm dealing with. Nobody does that. But they say, oh, things are great. You know, we just put in a new bathroom. And then the comparison comes to, oh, it's probably better than my bathroom. And it, I'm, I'm saying that because we're doing home renovations. So that was the first one that came to my head. But, oh, we just got a new car. Oh, man, that's great. And then what's the comparison? Oh, my car's old. You know, I don't have a new car. Um, what's another one? Oh, pretty good. We're getting ready to go on vacation. You know, we have this amazing trip to Hawaii. Wow, that's so amazing for you. Woe is me. I've never been to Hawaii or I can't go on vacation. So your life is better than my life. You know, these things that that we're seeing other people's highlights and really they're highlight real, but we don't know the behind the scenes of their lives. All we know is ours. I mean, we're really the only ones, 
you know, who know our junk and our stuff that's going on. So it's so hard today. And I really feel bad for, for this generation who's growing up with this. I mean, back in when I was a kid, there was zero thought of Facebook, you know, I mean, I graduated high school when I didn't even have a cell phone. So was, the technology is just crazy right now. So I don't even understand well, I understand, but I feel bad for some kids who are growing up in this comparison society because I think it's in a lot of ways it can be really unhealthy. I do think there's some some healthy things that come from it, which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit later. But the majority, I feel like, is can be negative if you're not aware of what's going on. And so people growing up today, and it doesn't even have to be a high schooler. I mean, my six-year-old knows how to go on my cell phone in another year. And thank goodness we he doesn't even know what Facebook is, I don't think. But in a year or two, I mean, maybe he's going to have friends that have Facebook accounts. And then what are they going to do? Well, they're going to see what everybody else is doing. And they're going to see everybody else's selfie pictures that, you know, they took six takes to get that perfect angle. And so it's, it's just going to be a really interesting uh, journey as a parent to kind of raise some kids in this generation, which I don't think is going to change. I mean, uh, you guys probably agree. I don't, I don't think we're going the other way, but I think there needs to be some education and really some some measures to help people with comparison. So Stephen Furtick says, hey, we are only seeing other people's highlight reels. And to, to kind of follow that is the second quote I want to share with you. And the reason why comparison, it, it can be really hard for people if they don't understand what's going on in their own minds about comparison is Teddy Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. So let's put those together. We got Stephen Furtick who is saying, hey, look, you know, we have a huge level of insecurity in our country and really probably around the world. And a lot of it is coming from, we can see what everybody else is doing. We're so exposed to what other people's highlight reels are, is that then we think, oh, that must be their whole life. And that just must be how they live. And I'm over here and I have all these negative issues going on, or I just don't have that kind of lifestyle. So I'm, I'm not as fortunate or I'm less than, you know, that person, or they're just way cooler than me or whatever it might be. So first, we, we compare our everyday to a highlight reel of someone else, which makes us feel a little insecure. And as we're insecure, because we were comparing ourselves to somebody else, well, that takes away our joy. I mean, think about it. Can you really be joyful and happy when you are constantly comparing what you have to what someone else has? I mean, let's, look, let's think of it in a, a really basic, simple explanation and, or example, I should say, is what kind of car do you drive? Okay. Now in reality, there's a lot of nice cars and you know, maybe you need an SUV. Maybe you don't, maybe you like your Prius, whatever it is. But, um, the car has really become kind of like a status symbol a little bit. At least that's what I would argue is when you have a really nice car, what is the thought? Well, thought is that, well, if you drive a nice car, then you definitely make a lot of money and you probably have a nice house and you probably go on vacation all the time and you probably have a great life. But we all know that's not true. But the comparison is it's like a we rank our cars uh, with each other. And if you're not aware of that or if, if you really, you know, you struggle with comparison, you're going to feel bad about your car. And, you know, it's a bunch of years ago that kind of got to a point myself where I just, I really, I, there was always this car I wanted and I started to think, why the heck do I even care about this car? You know, number one, that makes no financial sense, which we'll talk about in another podcast to, to have that car because it's silly because I could still drive where I want to drive. But why, why is that feeling coming up in me that that car 
says something about me. You know, someone else's car says absolutely nothing about you. Maybe someone just likes a car. You know, you have no idea what's going on with their behind the scenes. Maybe they hate their car, but they bought it and now they have a huge car payment and they wish they were out of that car. And that's just an easy example. You know, another one is um, the kind of house someone lives in or, or buys or someone goes on vacation. I mean, there's so many other things. How about this for social media? I only have 375 Facebook friends and my friend so-and-so has 2,000 and, and however many Facebook friends. You know, there's comparison. And so if we struggle with that and we let that breed some insecurity in ourselves, well, then the joy is rapidly going to go out of your life. I don't think there's any other way to say that. And so the first step, I think, is to really understand what brings you joy. You know, I heard another great quote, and you guys probably know this one too, is it's hard to be, um, it's hard to have lack of joy without when you have gratitude. So if you're grateful, well, then you're going to have joy, right? If you're grateful for what you have, if you're grateful for your house, uh, maybe it's not, maybe it's not the perfect situation that you want. Maybe you want a better house, which is okay. But if you're grateful, it, it's really hard to be depressed and sad about something. And so being grateful will help you have joy. Comparison, which can breed insecurity, is going to take that joy away. Okay. So think about it. As you're sitting there right now, driving in your car, listening to this on your way to work, maybe you're sitting at home, doing the dishes, whatever, here's what I want you to think about. How do you compare yourself on a daily basis to other people? And again, it, I feel like it's a reaction. I don't think we walk around saying, all right, let me go, let me go compare myself. Let me walk around and see exactly what everyone else is doing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rank myself here. But how, how do you compare yourself? You know, for some people, it's seeing how other people dress, and you're going to compare yourself to that and see how you measure up. For a lot of people, it's, it's health, or really, I can't even say health. It's just kind of a physical comparison. I mean, that is just such a tough one to break through. Again, having worked with so many people feeling like they have not achieved anything worthwhile if they don't look a certain way or if they, you know, carry a couple extra pounds. I mean, there's so much. We'll talk about that too in another podcast where the physical look of someone gives you a negative feeling. And so it takes the joy away that you might have about your own fitness or about your own body. And I feel like everyone should love their body. I mean, that's yours. It's the one you got. So you need to love it and treat it well. But how do you compare yourself, right? Do you, if you have kids, right, you might go out and, I mean, shoot, I don't know about you guys, but I know our kids can act up and get a little crazy. But sometimes when you go out and you go out to eat or you go to a movie or just go to anything with your kids, you know, we all, we all do it. We all look and we say, wow, my kids are way better than that kid over there, <laughs> right? I mean, that's kind of a comparison. That one makes us, might make us feel good. Uh, or our kids are just losing it because they miss nap time or they haven't had any food or whatever it is. And other people might be comparing our, our kids to their kids. And they say, wow, afraid those kids are, you know, monsters or whatever it is. So, so how do you, how do you get over that? Oh, here's another one. Okay. So we talked about, you know, how you look and your, your physical, um, you know, appearance and, you know, are you in shape, out of shape? It's just so silly how the fitness industry really makes a huge deal of being a perfect size and, and, and all of that. But uh, maybe your kids, uh, we all love our kids, but it's kind of easy to compare, you know, here you can say, wow, we're going through this right now. Cause we have a one-year-old and it's funny how 
a lot of people are comparing, well, what, how old was your son or daughter when they started to walk? And it's like, oh, if they walk two weeks earlier than my kid, my kid's, my kid's slow, right? Or if my kid's ahead of the curve, you know, kind of feel that, that pride inside of saying, yeah, our kid's a little better than yours, which is so silly. I mean, kids are going to learn how to walk, whether it's, it's two weeks early or two weeks late. But there's all these things that can take the joy away from your life. And this can be on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Um, and I totally lost my train of thought. There, oh, in your relationships. Okay. We have, you know, Chris and I have been married now eight years, going on nine years this November. And it's easy to see a couple who has a relationship, you know, they're married or whatever it is. And we think, how are they so awesome? And I cannot get my act together with my spouse or my fiance or whoever it is. What is going on? You know, and then you kind of compare what kind of marriage you have or relationship you have or all that kind of stuff. And it really is so silly because there's so much that we don't know about a situation, right? I used to tell my clients all the time, when you go into a gym, you're going to see people at all different stages of their life, stages of their training, uh, stages of their commitment level to what they're trying to do. And you can't just look at someone and immediately make a judgment and then compare yourself to them. You know, you see someone who's a little fitter and you don't know how well they're eating at home. I mean, you don't know how much they're working out on a day-to-day basis. You just see them over there in the gym and, and you know, it's immediate reaction. They're just kind of, well, how do I stuck up to that person? You know, guys, we do it all the time. How, what kind of weight do they have on the bar? How much are they putting up today? Right. And we kind of compare. And so you can't let that kind of stuff steal your joy. I know, because uh, I've talked to a lot of them and obviously I'm married to Kristen and a lot of times with women, it could be, oh, what are they, you know, how's their hair? Like, what are they, how are they dressed? You know, oh, they always have like fancy shoes or they have this brand and there's a ton of comparison going on and, and it just is natural that it makes us feel negative if we don't kind of capture that and then understand that that is not something real. That's just something we're creating in our ho- our, our own head. So Number one, here, here's kind of the action steps for comparison. And you guys obviously are going to be um, at different places with this too. So you might not have any issues with comparison. This might be for you today where you're listening saying, yes, why am I always so unhappy? You know, why do I feel like, you know, maybe you have a good family. Maybe you have a nice house. Maybe you have a car that works and you get to go on vacation every once in a while. But why are you, why is there no joy? I guess that would be the question that I would pose to you is, rate your level of joy, you know, not just comfort, but really how are you on a day-to-day basis walking around happy with what you have, happy with who you are and happy with, you know, how your life is unfolding. And if you don't have joy, I really want you to think about that because it's probably because you have comparison because here's, here's the difference on this too. You can have joy, but not be fully satisfied with what you want to have. I'm going to say that again. You can walk around happy and joyful and and just liking your life, maybe loving your life, but still have some goals. You know, you might be driven to the point where you say, okay, we have this house, but here's really where I want to, where I want to go and where I want to be. I have some goals. Maybe it's financially, maybe it's physically, you know, man, we just, I just want my marriage to be better. I just want our kids to act better. So, but if you have those goals, you still want to be joyful with where you are. Okay. I think that's key right now as we are moving through this. And and for, for me, 
you know, growing up without all this, I am learning how to filter all of the images and all of the things that I see on social media. I don't know about you guys. I'm guessing you too, but really filtering how I see that and how I let it affect or not affect me and how I, I let it affect or not affect my joy. Because I try and walk around daily being joyful and it's a choice. I mean, it is honestly a choice to be joyful. Uh, we just have so many things coming at us that make us feel like we shouldn't have joy until we achieve something or have something that you got to walk around with like your joy shield. You know, I mean, you have to wear like this protective joy outfit where you're going to be in a good mood. You're going to be joyful. Maybe you're not happy 24 seven, which is, you know, there's times where I get frustrated at things, but you know, what I'm talking about today is, is comparison is I really try to not let that affect me. And when I do, um, I try and capture that in my head and understand what that is. So anyway, here's what we're going to do. You know, here's kind of your action step. And then, I, you know, mess, email any comments. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this idea of comparison. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to shoot in an email about telling me why you compare yourself, although you can if you want to. But it's really more for you. It's for you to understand how you are allowing comparison to affect you. Again, some of you guys are already doing great with this. Some of you guys are, are going to, this is going to change your life. I mean, this is really going to help you move forward and be joyful, right? Because you're not going to compare and see yourself or your life or the things you have or don't have as a negative. Um, you're just going to understand that people are different and people have different things or people are at different places. And where you're at right now, you can be joyful. Because honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you're better off than probably 80% of the rest of the world. So, be joyful about that. You guys, if you're listening to a podcast right now, you're probably doing pretty well. Okay, number one, you have to be aware. Okay, so comparison is just so prevalent that this might be a little overwhelming in the, in the beginning. And just understand, anytime you go on social media, there is absolutely no way that you can avoid comparison. I mean, that is, it's just highlight after highlight after highlight. That's, that's what it is, okay? So just know when you go on social media, maybe just Take a second or a couple seconds, have a breath or two, and if you struggle with, say, okay, I'm about to go on here, and, and we all know maybe you're going to post something, and then you're going to kind of scroll and, and check stuff out, but whatever you're going to do, take a couple seconds, take a few breaths, and say, I know there's going to be some things I'm going to see that are going to want me to compare, but it's not a competition, and I can appreciate what everyone else has without feeling bad. Something like that, right? Like, Set your foundation and how you're going to feel when you go on social media. Make sure you understand that just because someone else has a highlight out there doesn't make you uh, or should make you feel bad about anything. Absolutely nothing. Okay. So first you got to be aware that it's going to happen. You know, maybe you even want to journal, you know, maybe you want to write down if you really struggle with this idea of joy or, you know, deep down, you know, there's some comparison, maybe journal. I think that's a great idea is just to write down some things that are kind of like your comparison triggers that tend to put you in a in a, a bad mood or tend to take the joy away from you and and your how you act during the day. So you're going to be aware, okay? You're going to be aware of situations you go into. You're going to be aware of things you watch or things you read. Uh, I mean, another example, which is kind of a, it, you would never think this is going on. But I know pastors that are, I mean, amazing. I mean, if you're in the ministry in any shape or form, you're incredible. 
but I know that there's comparison. It's like, well, how big is that church? How fast is that church growing? How many, you know, what's their, what's their income from their congregate? I mean, it's just everywhere. So no matter who you are right now, I just want you to understand that you are probably going to be comparing yourself in some way, shape, or form. And what, what we want to do today is make sure that you guys are, are aware of it and you're stopping it. And you can come up with any kind of mantra or phrase that you're going to say to yourself. But when you find yourself in this kind of comparison rut, right, and you just know, oh, man, here I go again, I'm comparing, um, say something to yourself, right? What I like to say because again, I'm struggling with comparison and, and it's natural. I think it's just kind of a reaction that we all have and, and, and will continue to have is I try and say, you know what? Things aren't always what they seem. For me, that makes a huge difference. You know, I see um, people who have certain things, you know, trinkets or cars or houses and, and it helps me remember that, okay, just because I'm seeing this and I'm kind of comparing, you know, with guys, we do it all the time. It's like, well, what kind of car do they drive? What kind of job, what's their, you know, 401k or net worth or, you know, and we do that. We kind of rank ourselves. It's just a natural thing. And we compare, well, so they're, they must be better than me or they're worse than me. And, and so I, I just try and tell myself things aren't always what they seem. And that has no impact on me. Okay, so saying something to yourself when you understand that you're going to, you're comparing and it's about to take away some joy, it's going to help you snap out of it, right? It kind of like puts up a protective barrier or hopefully it will at some point where you, you understand that you're in a comparison mode you say a phrase or you say a word or you just think about something or you just say you know what I'm grateful for what I have maybe you say that I'm so thankful and I'm full of joy about my life and how we have a place to live or the car that we do get to drive or the things that we do have as a family and so or that trip we did take you know anything that that you can think of and it's going to re remind you of the fact that you, you have joy and things aren't always what they seem on the other side. You know, it could be, well, the grass isn't always greener over there. Whatever you guys want to say. But I feel like if we do that, and for me, man, I'm already thinking about our daughter. You know, she's three and a half. And I know that this is something she's going to grow up in. And so starting to teach and train our children and even people that we know and just helping people not fall into this trap of comparison so it sucks the joy out of your life i mean that's going to be critical because we want our kids to grow up happy we want our kids to know that there's always going to be someone with more but there's going to be people with less there's always going to be someone who gets to do something maybe you don't get to do but there's always going to be people that have never gone on a vacation like you have or they've never been able to experience something that you did so that's that's what we want to do in our family for our kids and obviously that's what we're trying to do on a daily basis. And again, I can't say this enough. This is going to happen. I mean, it'll probably happen today. I'll probably jump off this, be done this, this podcast, and then I'll see someone or I'll see something. And in my head, my reaction will be, ah, what the heck? And why does that person have that? Or how come I can't do that? Or how come I've never gone to, you know, Thailand before? Or how come... You know, I'm still driving this kind of car. I mean, whatever it is, something's going to happen today. I guarantee you that there's going to be a feeling or, or a desire in my head that I'm going to want to compare. But after doing this for a long time, and I'm telling you guys this works, is understanding it. It's like you catch that thought because, you know, our beliefs and thoughts, 
they kind of control our life, our actions and everything after that. So if you can catch that thought and understand that you can change it by saying something or having a realization that what you just thought is not actually true, then you can keep your joy. Okay. So my hope for today is that you guys practice this. So here's your challenge just today or this whole week, if you can go a whole week, but at least for today, here's what I would love for you to do. Either journal it, write some notes on your phone when it happens, or just be aware of it and just try and notice when you're comparing and comparing and then responding negatively. Like here's, for example, I, I think comparison some in some ways is actually not bad. Like in sports, you know, I don't know if you grew up playing sports and you can look at another team or you can look at another player and you can kind of compare your stats to theirs, right? Like, um, I mean, I was a kicker and a punter in college. So I would look at some stats and I wasn't always the best for sure. But I could always, I would compare where I am with someone else, but it wasn't, it didn't put me in a negative spot. It didn't take my joy. It made me work harder. Okay. And so, and it didn't make me work harder because I felt like, you know, I wasn't worth anything. It made me work harder because I wanted to be successful. So it kind of fueled my fire in a positive way. So I think those things are okay. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love sports. I mean, it teaches you so many things. I love kind of old school sports. You know, you keep score and you win or you lose and that's just how it is. I mean, that's I think that's why it's so great to have sports. I'm not, and oh boy, Shane is in, in T-ball right now. And, you know, Shane, he, he kind of struggles with not winning. <laughs> he really struggles with not winning. You know, the other day he was, he had a race with his friend. He was all excited to do this race and, you know, kind of a teaching point came up. It was great. And they were running and he didn't win. You know, it was him and his buddy and his friend beat him around this, you know, it was like a hundred yard, not even, it's like 50 yards. We set up a little course for them and they, and they race, but he came back and he was so upset. You know, he said, oh, but I didn't win. And it was awesome. And I just hope that you parents out there, you take the time when there's a teaching moment like that, not to just brush it over. You know, I could have brushed it over and said, well, it's all right. You'll just, you'll, you'll practice harder and you'll win next time. You know, I say, ah, oh, don't worry about it. You know, there'll be another race. But I really want to make sure he starts to understand, you know, winning and losing. And that's, that's maybe not a comparison, thing, but I'll share the rest of the story. And so I looked at him and said, hey, when you're competing with somebody, when you're playing sports, or when you guys wanted to do this race, you're not always going to win. And that's okay. You're going to win sometimes, but you're not always going to win. And that's why you play a game. That's why you compete. That's why you play baseball. Is because you get to go out there and try your best. And the game is all about who can win. And you're not always going to be the winner. You know, I think next year we're going to keep keep score. So this is going to be a lot of fun with him. But, you know, he he's kind of at that age. And I, I really hope that if you have kids, you guys lock onto this idea, too, of not just, you know, the whole everyone gets a trophy thing is really tough. We're going to have we're going to have a whole another podcast about that, probably. But it's really helping people understand that just because you don't win doesn't mean you're less than that other person or you're less than that other team. You gave it your all. And you should still be happy. You can still have joy in playing the sport, right? So, so some of that stuff in sports carries over to where we are today, being adults and, and having this social media world where the comparison is just, it's just rampant. Uh, oh, and one more thing, then we're signing off and then you guys can go have a great day. Um, 
as you're comparing or you're trying not to compare, or you're thinking about comparison, you know, really understand your foundation and your principles. I think that's huge for you if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, yeah, why do I struggle with that? Why is it so hard for me to look at someone else and be happy for everything they have? Why is it so hard for me to look at someone and not just be excited for them winning in life? Because for someone else to win, it doesn't always affect you negatively, right? Like everybody can win most things in life. I mean, sports, you know, there's a winner or loser, but just because somebody else got a promotion, that shouldn't make you feel bad. I mean, even if you were going for the same job, can you be excited for that person and understand, okay, well, my turn's next. If somebody else got a promotion, I can get a promotion. Let me work harder. So let that positively affect you. But really making sure that that's something that we are being aware of. And it, I feel like a good indicator is when you see someone else winning, you see someone else having a great life or achieving a goal or doing something that is great for them, it doesn't necessarily have to take away from your joy, right? So walk forward from today on knowing that you can be happy for people. You can be a cheerleader for absolutely everyone else. And if you have the right foundation and the right priorities in knowing who you are, knowing what you want, and in knowing that you have value, you know, more than you probably think you do, then you're going to be okay. And you're going to have joy because really that's the whole point of this thing. I mean, we want our work around feeling joyful, maybe not 24 seven, right? Cause there are things that happen in life, but if you can cut out the comparison and you can cut out the thief of joy, you guys are going to be much better off. So that's my thoughts on comparison. Again, write some emails, send in a text, get in touch with me through Facebook, however you guys want to, and just kind of let me know your thoughts. I, I think this is really something where, we could probably have multiple podcasts, probably have some guests on this at some point, but I wanted to share that with you. So thank you guys for jumping on the show today. Hope you enjoyed it. Love that you guys are listening and stay tuned for more topics about health, wellness, finances, family, stuff like comparison, and we will see you next time. Have a good one. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's podcast of Level Up Today. And today we are going to be talking about metabolism. Metabolism is such a hot topic in the health and fitness industry. And hopefully what I'll be able to do is share a little bit of insight on metabolism, how to identify your metabolism, and really how to use your metabolism to help you get the goals you're looking for. And so most of you are probably thinking about weight loss. Metabolism is also really important for a lot of other things such as weight gain, right? So if you want to gain muscle... You obviously want to know what kind of metabolism is and you want to take advantage of that. And before we start out by going into some details, what I want to do is just explain why metabolism is so important. Because when you look at your body and you think about your body, metabolism is just like the powerhouse of your body. It is what provides energy to keep your body going. It's basically all the chemical reactions that happen in your body on a daily basis. Okay, so think about the energy required to breathe, the energy required to think, the energy required to get up in the morning and walk down your stairs. That is because you have a metabolism. It's because your body is producing energy. And um, that is important for a lot of different reasons, which we'll get into, but we can't survive without it. Okay, so the other thing you want to know is everybody has a different metabolic rate. Okay, so some people might be similar based on their body type, 
But really what you, what you want to know is your metabolism is unique to you. And figuring out how to work with your metabolism is going to be a process unless you've already identified that. And so as we look at metabolism, again, it's something that gives energy to our whole entire body. All right. So metabolism is just it's like the, the motor or the, the generator that gives our body the energy to do what it's going to do. So obviously, if you're lacking energy, you might have a slow metabolism. We'll talk about that a little bit. But metabolism is really, really important. Now, it does not mean that metabolism, for example, is the only reason that you're not losing weight. Right. You can't just say, oh, I'm not losing weight because I have a slow metabolism. That's garbage. That is not true. There's a lot of other things that have uh, an effect on your weight loss or even weight gain. You know, there's some. Yes, you could have a metabolic system issue going on like Cushing syndrome or maybe an underactive or hyperactive thyroid. You know, those are some things that are possible. The majority of people aren't dealing with that. And even if you are, you can still get around that with some other things. And so weight gain, weight loss, it's not just metabolism, but there are some things I'm going to talk about that help us kind of trick your metabolism or get your metabolism, do some things that you want to do. So what, what helps you or hinders you from uh, weight loss? Well, it could be your genetic makeup. It could be your hormonal system. It could be, obviously, part of it is what you're eating and the environment you're in and what kind of lifestyle you have. Are you sleeping? You know, we all know the basics of physical activity and working out, but what kind of activity are you doing? Are you doing exercises and types of movements that boost your metabolism for the whole entire day? So there's a lot that goes into weight loss. Sometimes there's even more that goes into weight gain because we're not just talking about weight gain or you can just go eat a bunch of hot dogs and, and ding-dongs and you gain some weight, right? Load up on calories. We're talking about muscle gain when we talk about weight gain because we want the healthy weight. So just know that as we get into this, hopefully we'll give you some insights and a couple of things you can start thinking about. But if you really struggle, talk to your doctor. You know, there's a bunch of tests that they can run and see if there is something going on internally that maybe is preventing you from seeing the results you want. Um, but it also might eliminate that. And then you know, oh, okay, it's actually just some of these other things like what I'm eating and how much I'm sleeping and how much I'm exercising and things like that. So even though you, you have a little control over your metabolism, uh, we're all, we all have our individual metabolism. So that's point one. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about some ways that you can, like literally today, because that's the whole point of our show, is we want to give you some things you can do right now today, which maybe not, you're not going to go get a, a doctor appointment today, but you can do some things today to help your metabolism and really get your, your body moving the way you want to. So first, I'm going to talk, because most of the people listening are probably wanting to lose fat or lose weight. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to increase your metabolism. Now, obviously, if you're trying to gain muscle, which I've done in the past, and uh, that's the complete opposite here, you're going to want to do some of these things, but it's, it's obviously specific. The next couple of things I'm going to talk about for weight loss. Okay, so number one, and this is really no particular order. It's just how I'm going to go through these. First thing is you want to eat plenty of protein at every meal. Okay, protein is something that helps build lean muscle mass. Okay. Why is lean muscle mass important? Well, lean muscle mass is a major contributor to your metabolism, okay? So when you are eating protein, you're obviously eating enough protein, I should say, 
and you know we can you can obviously figure out how that is a ton of calculators online but you want to try and eat enough protein which could be uh, half a gram of protein all the way up to one or one and a half grams of protein per pound of body weight you know there's some ranges there but you want to make sure you're eating enough protein during the day and that's going to feed your lean muscle and lean muscle is an active tissue right so like fat it's not active it's not burning calories it's just storing calories so fat just sits there but muscle is active you you might not even know it when you're sleeping your your muscle is actually using calories because it's active and obviously it's using a lot more when you're moving around so protein is key now again half a gram per pound of body weight if you weigh 150 pounds and for you, you might just be looking to lose some body fat and want to have enough. Well, that's only 75 grams of protein per day. I mean, that's really not hard to do if you're eating every couple hours, which we'll also talk about. Uh, or really, no matter what kind of diet or eating routine you're on, getting enough protein should not be that hard. There's so many different ways to do it. We have a protein powder that we love and we use. So there's things that you can use to, to get your protein in. But the other thing, which is great is when you eat protein of like actual food, it increases the thermic effect of food, okay? Now that is the calories or the metabolism spike that you get from actually consuming food, specifically consuming protein. It can increase your metabolism or your metabolic rate by 15 to 30%. You know, carbs only boost it five to 10%, and then fats are, they barely boost it at all. It's like nothing up to maybe 3%. So, so protein is important, okay? It's also nice if you're trying to lose weight because if you eat, you know, like a lean cut of some sort of protein or fish, chicken, meat, anything like that, lean cut of pork, that is going to help you feel more full. So protein is really important for a lot of things, but we're just talking about your metabolism right here. So what we want to do is make sure that you are eating enough protein um, and we'll talk a little bit more about eating throughout the day. Okay. If you have more questions, send us a message, post in the comments, and we'll we'll talk to you guys about how much protein you should be eating. And that's also something where it's not just a, a one-and-done formula. You can't just look at a chart and say, okay, this says I should have 75 grams of protein. Well, that's just what I'm going to do every day. No, I mean, if you're working out, let's say you have a long run or you have a really long day at work and you're burning calories and you want to refuel that lean muscle, well, you might need to up that to 80, 90, 100 grams a day. If you're training really hard in the gym or whatever it might be, you might have to adjust your grams of protein. So when you get that base number, that's just kind of your, your base. That's a foundation number that you can build from. It's not the end-all, be-all, okay? Again, it's good range, but we want to really dial that in, and that's what we help people do too, so feel free to reach out. Okay, second, you can drink more cold water. And this is kind of easy to think is when you drink cold water, and this is kind of a temporary thing, you should be drinking water all day. We obviously want to drink water, stay hydrated, um, and that's going to help. But if you drink some colder water, what you can do is it's kind of like when you take the cold water in your body, your body wants to heat it up. So it takes calories, it takes energy to heat that up. So cool stat on this is studies show that drinking 17 ounces, which is half a liter of cold water, increases your resting metabolism by 10 to 30% for an hour. I think that's pretty cool. That's just another tip, another way that you can boost your metabolism a little bit. So basically, we want to try and make sure we're staying hydrated. Some people don't like cold water. That's fine. But I love drinking cold water. Throw a couple ice cubes in there, and you're good to go. Uh, drinking water around your meals is helpful, too. Drink a full glass of water before you start eating. 
have your protein and veggies and your carbs and then make sure you're drinking water throughout the whole time. You're going to be a lot fuller, I promise you guys. So anyway, water is important, but a little tip there that you can actually drink cold water and that's going to boost your metabolism. Okay, next, let's talk a little bit about working out because working out is great and we're not just talking about burning calories. We're talking about boosting metabolism. When I say that, really we want to boost your metabolism long term. We want to get your body just turning into this. If you're trying to lose fat and stay lean and, and have some awesome muscle definition, which is probably 90% of people, that's what they want. What you want to do is you want to have your metabolism churning day in, day out, whether you're asleep or awake. So that way, when you eat food, it almost doesn't have to be so specific because your metabolism is going to burn through the calories that you're consuming. Now we're going to, obviously we want to eat clean and we want to want to eat well, but if you have a higher metabolism, it's easier. Look at, um, you know, we we're talking about protein. Look at some of those bodybuilders, like the, the guys who, and gals who just lift and they do the shows and that kind of stuff. I got a buddy, John, who's amazing. He, he's, he's an all natural physique champion, you know, team USA champion. And he has a lot of muscle on his body. So he can then eat a lot of calories and his muscle, his body, his metabolism is going to burn through that. So if you don't have any muscle on your body, you know, that's, that's a way to, well, you're not helping yourself and you don't need a lot of muscle, but if you add a couple pounds of muscle, you're going to be adding a couple hundred calories that you're going to burn throughout the day just because you have that muscle on your body. So anyway, there's a little bit about muscle. So when we work out, running's amazing. Uh, cardio is fantastic. I've got a lot of friends who are triathletes and, and that's going to burn calories. And yes, it's going to increase your metabolism, but the, the magic pill, as far as the exercise is really high intensity interval training. Okay. So we're at it. What that means is you're at a high intensity of work, take a little rest and you go back to a high intensity of work. Usually you, you can do body weight stuff or you can add some weights in there, but it's, it's not doing 12 reps and then taking three minutes of rest, and then doing another 10 reps and taking two minutes of rest, right? That's not high-intensity interval training. The HIIT training is quick and intense bursts of activity. So what you want to do is you want to add that into your workout, not just sitting there doing bicep curls. You know, it's it, it kills me, and I feel bad for it, and I also kind of laugh a little at inside, which is bad, but if someone's trying to lose weight... I don't think there's any reason whatsoever where you're trying to boost your metabolism that you should be doing a standing single arm bicep curl, right? Like that is just not good for your goals. There's no point to that. So what you want to do is when you want to use big, large muscle groups. So instead of just doing a bicep curl, you know, concentrated bicep curl, one arm at a time, go ahead and do something that's involving a lot of muscles, right? So like a pull up or a seated row. Uh, those are great exercises that hit your biceps, they hit your back, they get some of your shoulder muscles going. And so you're getting more bang for your buck. So if you're in the gym and you're thinking, I want to come in here and I want to burn fat, analyze the type of exercises you're doing. Are you working one small muscle or are you working multiple muscles in one exercise, getting you a bigger metabolic, metabolic response and burning more calories. It just makes sense. If you don't know what to do, that's, you know, reach out to us or a trainer or someone who's going to help you. But a lot of people kind of miss it in their workouts. And they say, man, I worked out for like an hour every day this week. And yeah, you went to the gym and you lifted some weights and you did some reps, but you were not uh, working out effectively. 
you weren't efficient with your time and you weren't effective. So what you want to do is you want to have an effective program. That's why you need to get with someone who knows what they're talking about and use those large muscle groups. You know, you can throw in a quick bicep curl at the end or whatever triceps if you want to make them look good. But for the majority of workout, you want to do large muscle groups. And when you add in some high intensity to that, you're, you're bringing up the level of metabolism activity, metabolic activity, and then that's going to last longer. So it's going to last two hours, four hours, eight hours, 12 hours, maybe even longer depending on how hard you worked out. And your metabolism is just going to be churning because after you do that type of exercise, your body is increasing the metabolism so that it can repair your muscles. Okay, So if you're trying to gain weight, if you're trying to gain muscle, then I would tell you do concentrated, isolated muscle group exercises and take a lot of rest and don't do jumping jacks in between, right? Don't add a, add burpees in between your sets because then you're increasing your metabolism. You're sucking calories out of your body and, and your body needs calories to build muscle. So really different ways that you want to work out there. Uh, but just to give you an idea, there was a study done where 12 weeks of high intensity exercise for overweight young men and they reduced fat mass by 4.4 pounds. And their belly fat went down 17%. Okay? So that's over 12 weeks. That's pretty good. 17%. Come on now. Those are some results. So high-intensity exercise. Along with that, what you want to do is you want to lift some heavy weights. Now, that doesn't mean all the time. That doesn't mean every single rep of every workout. But what you're going to do, that's going to help your body's response to build and maintain lean muscle. And then what you're going to do is there's that lean muscle showing up. You're going to have a higher metabolism, okay? So if, if you are working out right now, and, and here's maybe the person I'm talking to, is you want to lose weight and you're eating pretty good. You're on a diet, whatever it is, taking some supplements, and you're just running or you're walking or you're, you're doing the cardio thing. Add in a couple strength training exercises. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't even have to go to a gym. Just something that's going to get your muscles burning, right? Go for the burn. Try and add some extra resistance. You know, like what we do at home is we grab our kids and we'll hold them and do squats. You know, it's like 30 pounds extra right there. So you want to do some things that are increasing your metabolism. And so when you do that, over time, you're going to maintain more lean muscle and you're going to have more calories that you're burning, which is, again, a higher metabolism. So lift some heavy things every once in a while. It's good for you. And you don't have to do it all the time. And then work in the high-intensity training. And that's going to be a way that you can, you know, really be more efficient with your, your exercises. Okay. Are you sitting all day? Here's the next one. Are you someone that has a desk job? Okay. A lot of people do, and that's fine. Start standing up and doing some phone calls. You know, not just standing up, going to the water cooler, going to the bathroom, and then coming and sit down. But try and stand. Can you get one of those elevated desks? I think they're the coolest thing. They even have desks now that you can, there's a treadmill that you can walk on while you're working at your desk. I think it's genius. You know, really slow, but you're still walking. So standing is going to help your metabolism. Again, because why? Well, you're using those muscles. And when you sit, here, here's the other thing. I feel like there's compounding effects of all these things. So if you do this today and you don't do it ever again all right great you boosted your metabolism for one day but if you do this consistently over the course of weeks months and years you know your body just gets into a, a, a routine or a rhythm where it's used to having that metabolism on the other side if you've been sitting at a desk 
for five years, 10 years, or sitting and just really sedentary for however long you've been doing it, it's been a long time, your metabolism has responded and it says, well, shoot, we're just sitting around. We don't need to do anything, so we don't have to really be active. We, we don't have a lot of energy demands. So what you can do is you can get up on your feet. You can, you can make your body use some energy. It's good for you. It's good for your focus too. But stand up more. Walk more. You know, look at your day and how often do you sit around and not do anything, whether it's work and then you come and, and it's just, it's kind of a lifestyle thing, but you wake up, you obviously been sleeping all night and then you go downstairs, sit at the table, have breakfast, sit in your car on the way to work. Then you get to work and you sit there for eight hours or however long, maybe a little break for lunch. Then you get back in your car and you're sitting and then you're so tired that you come home and then you sit on the couch and basically you're sitting all day. You might be exhausted, but you didn't do anything. So try and analyze how much are you moving, right? Um, that is going to be critical. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So there are some things that you can use, some supplements or some things like green tea or oolong tea that can increase your metabolism. Now, not a lot, okay? The, the biggie is really the exercise and the activity and getting a lean muscle going, man. That's where you guys want to be. But if we want to try everything we can do, an extra 3% here because you drank some cold water, and then an extra 4 to 5%, which is what studies have shown uh, green tea and oolong tea can increase your metabolism by. Well, guess what? Why not do that? Why not have that as an additional way to help yourself boost your metabolism? Uh, there's another part here, and I'm kind of reading my notes. Um, they have helped convert some fat that will be stored in your body into free fatty acids, which again, you, you can use up and you can burn those fatty acids and use those for energy. So that can increase your fat burning by 10 to 17%. So there's a lot of ways that we can do this. Don't just say, oh, I have a slow metabolism and just, you know, go have some Cheetos. No, you want to look at your system. You want to look at your day and figure out what am I doing? And, and really, if you just, if you're active, you're going to help yourself a ton. There's so many more reasons you want to be active, but for metabolism, it's critical. Okay. And then there's some other things like spicy foods. Um, you guys can do that. I don't really like spicy food, so I'm not going to do that one, and you might not either, but that's a tip or a trick that you guys can use. And then here I want to talk about this. This is a big one. Getting a good night's sleep. And you're probably thinking, well, Nick, what you, that makes no sense. You're contradicting. You said if we're sitting down, we're, we don't, we're not using our metabolism. Okay, I get that. That's like your active part of your day. But sleeping is critical. Lack of sleep okay, is linked to major increase in the risk of obesity. So you might think the opposite. Well, if I sleep all day, well, that's what I'm talking about. But when you have lack of sleep, you're sleeping three, four hours. Um, it's because there is a lot of hormonal changes that go into that. Um, lack of sleep is also shown to increase your blood sugar levels and your insulin resistance. Okay. And so that's when we get in talking about type two diabetes, which is a road we do not want to go down on if we can avoid it. So when you have a lack of sleep, your body is stressed, whereas when you get a good night's sleep, and what I consider that six, seven, eight hours, you know, eight hours is kind of like that magic number that most people don't get, but six, seven hours is what you want to try and do, then you're going to help your body. You go Google, I'm just going to let you do this, go Google sleep and metabolism and hormones, and you guys are going to see all the studies that show how important sleep is. So if you're doing some things, but you're still not seeing weight loss, well, how much are you sleeping? Are you, are you kind of looking at some sort of screen 
until 1 a.m. and then waking up at 6 or 7 and wondering, oh, shoot, I don't know why. We'll go to bed earlier. And I know it's easy to say and harder to do, but we got to be consistent with our sleep. It's going to help you repair, going to help you recover, going to have a better metabolism. Okay. Then there's some easy things you can do, like replacing cooking fats with some other types of oils like coconut oil, which is great. Um, coconut oil is nice because it's um, high in medium chain fats. Those can increase your metabolism, you know, more than like the long chain fats, which, which stuff like butter. Um, in general, you want to be sparing with, with the oils and the fats, but there are some, some switch outs that you can do. So if you guys are curious, just Google healthy fats and you guys come up with a ton of different, um, ton of different ways you can do that. So these are some ways that you obviously want to boost your metabolism. Remember this, you are going to be different than your best friend or your best girlfriend or your mom or whoever. Now there's some genetic things that'll carry on in your family, but your metabolism might not be the same as someone else. So while one person can go ahead and we're not going to talk about carbs today because that's a whole nother topic, but one person might be able to eat 250 grams of carbs every single day. Well, maybe you can't, you know, maybe you need to be on a lower number of carbohydrates. Maybe your protein during the day needs to be higher. So what you want to do is you want to track this. Uh, My fitness pal is great because you can track your food and your calories and, and your macros and all that stuff. If you need help, let us know. We obviously can get you some tips on that. But really what you want to do is understand how your body is responding, how it's reacting, and and then plan accordingly. As you age, things change. You know, at, at 39 right now, I'll tell you, things are different for me than they were when I was 20, 25, 30, even five years ago. You know, 34, 35, my body is, is a different metabolism. So there's some things I can't do now, but there's also some things um, that I'm still doing that are helping, such as exercising and lifting weights and things like that. So anyway, the takeaway for today, and here's what you want to do. You're probably not going to do all 10 of these. Pick one. Are you going to eat a little bit more protein, not just today, but today and then moving forward? Are you going to drink some more water? Are you going to change up your workouts? Pick one thing, you guys, one thing that you can do to help increase your metabolism and boost your metabolism so that all day you're just this calorie fat burning machine. And then make sure that you're working with somebody. Make sure that you have even just an accountability partner, someone who you're going through this with so you can be kind of getting to the right path. And if you're seeing results, great, you can tweak it from there. But if you're stuck, let us know. We'd love to help you guys. And that's the show for today is metabolism. So tons of good stuff online. If you have questions, let us know. Thank you so much for supporting our show, listening. All the comments that you guys send in are great. We'll do a, a Q&A session here where I'll just answer a bunch of your questions on the podcast. But for that uh, is today. Have a great rest of your day. Appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.